Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. And alongside me, we got David. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> if you couldn't tell by the title of this episode. <laughs> little east, little a little teaser. A little, little teaser, a little, little teaser. Also known as Nightly. Freddie is on a flight back to San Francisco right now. We're going to wait for him. So we're going to wait for him. We're going we're gonna to wait right now. Yeah, he'll just pop in the show. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Just kidding. We're a group of nights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So with the lights, sit back and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over on patreon.com forward slash gun life. That's night with a one. My pleasure on Patreon. You have access to the show ad free and as early as Monday with the post show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Keeping things going for the second month. Of Stephen King month. Happy birthday, Stephen King. Happy belated birthday officially now. I can't believe we were already wrapping up. We're wrapping it up. We're, it, we're close. I'm buying a blinking of eye. I know. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. We we've covered one, two, three, four, five films so far. Wow. Technically a two parter. Yeah. So six ish. <laughs> um, but it'll buy fast. Yeah. We got we only got two more after this. Yeah. Which is it should be a good way to end it. So nice little one two punch combo here. But Keeping things going with this whole secondary month here. We are now officially talking about Christine. Vroom, 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 vroom. First and foremost, thoughts. So in front of the show, Drew, we were coming up on the elevator and he asked me, what did you think? And I said, you'll find out. This is and when you find out. This is where you find out, <laughs> Drew. This is probably one of my favorite Stephen King films we've watched. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Uh, dude, you put high schoolers and fast cars and I'm in. I love it. I love it. This movie is sick. So I've always, I feel like I've always heard the the concept of this movie throughout my time, but never really knew of the movie. Yeah. And I'm surprised that people don't talk about this more nowadays. I'm telling you, man. This is a great film. The, the, the visual effects in this movie are insane. <laughs> So like they're good. impressive to today's standards where I'm like, how do they do that? And I have ideas, but even so for 83, it looks so incredible. It looks really, really, really good. The uh, the character development in here, although some people may think is tragic, I think is so satisfying to watch. It's just such a blast. Um, and honestly, it's like, it's engaging and has great horror elements without being overbearing. Yeah. It just keeps you interested and it keeps you along for the ride. Yeah, there you go. Oh, man. <laughs> pun, 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 um, I honestly am going to have to agree with you. Yeah. Okay, I good. love this movie. My heart dropped. Like, I think this movie is just so much fun. It's just, it's a, it, it gets right to it. It doesn't yeah, it bullshit does. around. It's just like, it lets you know right off the bat, this is a fucking psychic car. Hell yeah. And this is your movie. Like, yeah, so, basically. It's so like, like, this, this is, is what it is. Enjoy this is it. what it is. Enjoy what you're about to see. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm sure on paper, this probably reads a lot scarier than it looks in, oh, certain, yeah. in certain ways. But at the same time, like this movie is great. Like it's very contained and it has this kind of possession type of style to yeah. it, which is really, really cool. Um, and initially... I, I believe someone asked me 
recently. I don't. I think it was on the show. I think it was either you or Freddie who asked me if a if a place or thing can have the shining. This is a perfect example of yes. <laughs> to I think that, that question. So, like th- this this movie uh, definitely presents this object as a piece of the shining mm-hmm. like it, it takes over and it possesses and initially it's the exact same thing that happens to jack torrance inside the overlook hotel and it's just kind of like taking over and eating at his at uh i'm blinging out who our main protagonist's name is uh arnie oh arnie. Um, yeah but arnie it, it like eats away at his mind where it literally changes him to yeah. like all of a sudden, he was just like, I don't need glasses anymore. I got 2020 vision. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that too. So it's just, it's just pretty odd. But ultimately, like, I think it's just a really cool and well drawn out movie. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, like, it's super vicious. And, and Drew, our Silent Night, was um, asking me a little bit earlier. Uh, or telling me more more so that he wished that it was they could have leaned in a little bit more on the brutality and like I agree uh, with that. shown what was actually happening to these people. Um, and, and I agree. I enjoyed it as well. And obviously for the times like 1980s, like you're, you know, it's it, it, gore happens, but like it definitely was just like picky choosy because gore was expensive yeah it was it was very expensive i'm interested to hear the budget on this and how much they made back yeah um but one thing i need to call out is the cinematography on this is amazing it ages so well it still looks great it doesn't look dated no it it looks stunning yeah and the acting's actually very well put together yeah like everyone's very well acted in this i kept thinking about how we would bring that up during the show when i was watching i'm like i know Either you or I are going to comment on like, wow, it's actually really good acting. This yes, time. like it's it, it's so fascinating on how John Carpenter is able to pull these performances out of these people. Like yeah. I don't know how he does it, but he just fucking does it. Yeah, and like it, you definitely see a little bit of kind of everything inside of what he's done inside this particular movie as well, which is great. Um, it, it's it's just fascinating, and I would love for I know he's probably would never come back to directing but i would love for it i'm sure everyone would fucking love for it yeah uh which is why he's um producing and also doing things with uh uh, the new halloween for like the music and and composing Mm -hmm. and all that stuff but still like his direction is just something unlike it especially back in those times like when we've covered uh in the mouth of madness and things like that like dude what yeah. Like, how do you pull these performances out of someone like Sam Neill and and uh, shit? Even if we're talking about Jamie Lee Curtis, like mm-hmm. her just starting out into acting and things like that. And then now this, like he made a car feel fucking like a person. Yeah, like the main character, the right. true main character. I think right. that's a really good point to make. And it really comes full circle for me, like watching this and really realizing it now that I have more Carpenter films under my belt. Right. Absolutely. And it's it's great. Like. Honestly, it's this is going to be weird to say, but bear with me. All right. Perfect double feature. Cars 3. <laughs> then Christine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, it's a perfect double feature. Like, it, watch Cars 3 again, then watch Christine right afterwards. You'll see what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> but anyway, let's jump straight up into this. Christine, directed by John Carpenter, released December 9th of 1983. It was a damn near a Christmas movie. 
It's a, yeah, that's jolly. <laughs> Honestly, that's my mood right there. Like, I would love to see this in December in a theater. I mean, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Runtime of one hour and 50 minutes, a budget of $10 million. Okay. And a box office of $21 million. Okay. With a rating of 69% on Rotten nice. Tomatoes. I would have gave it higher. I would definitely have given a dire. Yeah. Like, I feel like this definitely deserves to be in the 80s. I agree. Big yeah. time. Yeah. Because, like, this is just, I'm it, surprised. it's so much fun. I'm surprised people won't talk about this almost on the same degree as, like, a carry or something like yeah. that. You know? No, you're right. Because of just how well it's all shot, the pacing, everything about it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I hear more folks talking about maximum overdrive. Yeah than Christine. And Maximum Overdrive is fucking awesome. Don't get me wrong. But Maximum Overdrive is definitely a popcorn, have fun yeah. type of movie. Is that Even haunted the book, car as well? It is. It's okay. like a, a haunted gang of cars. Gotcha. Yeah. It, it's, it's actually, it's like haunted machinery. Got like it. it's, it's fun. It's a blast. I might have to check it out. Yeah. I would say definitely check out Maximum Overdrive because it's so much fun. It was actually out of Maximum Overdrive and Christine. Uh-huh. I mean, I chose Christine because I was just like, I, I, I want to see Christine yeah, again. Yeah, I yeah. just really want to see Christine again. We open with the engine of a car revving with this dope ass title shot. Bro, the fucking font is beautiful here. Oh my Hell God. Cue yeah. bad to the bone as we are in a car factory in Detroit, 1957. This is how I visualize Detroit. Like yeah. I visualize Detroit as just a car factory, <laughs> <laughs> just all of Detroit. I think I think of it follows. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> the words are working on a conveyor belt of cars, all white except for one. A cherry red Plymouth Fury rolls down the line. And this is great. Like this shot is just really, really incredible. I was even thinking of just like how much Freddie would enjoy the way this movie is shot and oh, presented. Oh, yeah, like, huge. This is just pure eye candy. Big time, yeah. Pure eye candy. And it's the only red car in the, in the line, the right? The only red car. Damn. All the rest were white. Yeah, they even comment on it later. Yeah. They stop the line to double-check the engine. The hood of the car slams down on a worker's hand. He screams in pain. While being walked off the line, another worker hops inside the car. He turns on the radio while smoking a cigar, flicking ash on the seat. Just pure disrespect. I know, right? <laughs> Got to the bell ringing for the workers to leave the line. The boss off the um, of the floor, checking the line, noticing the music coming from the red car. Walking up slowly to the car, he looks inside, noticing that his worker is now dead. He opens the door. He falls out of the front seat. The boss honks the horn. Now to Rock Rockbridge, California on September 12th of 1978, a man named Dennis Gilder pulls up to his friend's Arnie Cunningham's house. And I already love this. I love the, just their relationship. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just so edgy to be a fucking dick to your friend's mom. Like, yeah, it's just, honestly. Like, it's just what? <laughs> yeah, I appreciated that too because, like, I think an, an initially the mom feels overbearing and you get, like, confirmation of that, like, later on. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. It's It's... I knew I, saw, I had a vibe that it'd be like a pretty good movie just from this intro. Yeah. I don't know what it was about it though. Right. It's just the energy. I remember when I first watched this, I was just like, how is he going to come across the car like almost 20 years later mm-hmm. or over? Yeah, over about 20 years, 21 years later. Um, and I was like, how's he going to come across this car? And I was like, oh, yeah, the, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> he honks his horn for him to come inside. Arnie's mom, Regina, comes out to tell him that he's he's um, coming, but he has to change his shirt first. She comments about his car and music and music polluting. Arnie quickly comes out, spilling the garbage to the ground. His mom tells him to leave it, and she will take care of it. He runs off, but she calls him back to get his lunch. Arnie grabs it and runs to the car. Dennis speeding off. Regina yelling for him to slow down. I think I mean he was going pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was this moment where I realized this movie was probably gonna be really good because of this shot of Dennis's car yes. in the shadow on the driveway and the Fuck. way it was lit, how ominous it looked. I was like, this movie already knows within the first couple of minutes of it knows what it's trying to approach and what it's doing. Yeah. And it's already pulling it off. I agree. I remember thinking Arnie's acting was a little over the top here, but as I watched it, like him splashing through the water and dropping the garbage and just yes. being a complete dweeb, I was like, this is a little much. This feels very early 80s to me, but I think That's fair. in retrospect, it's perfect. It's actually very necessary for the growth and the change you see in the character, and it's very much trying to be over the top. So I think it actually does it perfectly. I, you know... I didn't think of that until now. Like, I, I never thought it was over the top in the beginning, but I could see how you can see that, and I could see how you could return to how necessary that was. Yeah. So that it, makes total sense. Yeah, because it's literally the start of the movie, and it's the start of Arnie's path. Yes. You see how we get from zero, and we get to ten. That, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> while, Arnie, while Arnie and Dennis are in the car, he asks why why she's mad at him. Arnie shares that his parents are pissed because he's taking a shop class. He, I'm just like, what? What the fucking 70s? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he, turns, he turns off the radio to tell Dennis about their uh, Scrabble game last night, having the choice between ratio or fellatio. <laughs> Dennis laughs, um, asking what did she say, what um, what she did. Uh, Regina didn't allow him to have it. Dennis laughing as he calls him a jerk. He tells Arnie that he wants to get him laid since they're seniors in high school now. Arnie quiets down, commenting that you need a girl to do that. Dennis mentions Gail Justin. Um, Arnie comments about her appearance, and I was like, "Bro, for real? Like, yeah, <laughs> like for real? This this part." Is totally like an eighties yeah. oh, type of thing, and, and I would even say this even spans to, I guess, like now as well, like or not even now, like maybe maybe like two thousands, because like we had super bad, yeah, and like this this was very much like a part of all of these kind of comedic type of high school movies. Yeah, I think. The 2000s is when you last saw it being really pushed into your face about how superficial yeah. everything is. It started fading in the 2010s, and now it's just like, it just does not fly. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, definitely. And that's why, like, a, a film like Booksmart, obviously, like, definitely um, is probably going to be a little bit easier for people to cherish more than super bad unless you were around that time. Exactly. He argues about Arnie's standards, then bringing, brings up Sally Hayes, calling her cute. Arnie shouts that she's uh, she's a sophomore, but Dennis doesn't ca doesn't care, pretty much calling her a slut. All right. <laughs> Arnie isn't confident and doesn't think he he has much of a chance. Rather, masturbate instead. Do you, my friend? <laughs> Dennis is putting his stuff away in his locker. His friend Chuck playfully tackles him to see if he's playing football this year. He tells Chuck that he is. They start joking around with each other. Arnie watches from his locker. Roseanne flirtatiously greets him. I love how he just 
completely does not give a shit about Roseanne. Roseanne is one of my favorite characters in this whole movie. <laughs> Her performance is just out of the park perfection. She It's everything you want. <laughs> dude, it's the perfect like comedic relief throughout the film. Yeah, it it's yeah, it's not like too in your face. Yeah. It's great. It's subtle and sometimes some people can really miss it. Yeah. Yeah. That's very How, true. Like, just desperate shit. Yeah, absolutely. She asks if they're going to allow him to play this year. He smiles that his doctor cleared him to play. Arnie behind her, mouthing her emotions as they continue their brief conversation. She tells him goodbye as Arnie continues his joking gestures. And she's like, TTFN, ta-ta for now. <laughs> Dennis, uh, Dennis' other friend, uh, Bemis, 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 comes up to him joking that he wouldn't um, put that in his mouth because he doesn't know where it's been. Arnie tries joining on the joke that Ro- that Roseanne hasn't been with him. Bemis fake laughs, blowing him off. Them uh, then moves to ask Dennis if he's seen the new girl yet, claiming that she's in that he's in love and um she's perfect. This is great. Yeah, this is great. I love the aspect of like there's a new student coming in and things like that, and I love how this kind of gets thrown in everyone's face. Yeah, this is great. Dennis asks for her name, but he doesn't know. Just that she w- she looks smart yet slutty. <laughs> we see your standards, Bemis. He stops, pointing her out as she walks down the hall. Uh, Mr. Smith is speaking with a girl named Lee as they speak more about the ex- extracurriculars at the school. Bemis tries acting smart. Dennis smiling at her and Lee smiling back. Bemis comments that she smiled at him and he wants to um, have deep, meaningful sex with her. <laughs> Good for you, Bemis. He tells Bemis to get um, to uh, go get her, claiming that she has nothing to lose except his virginity. Bemis goes to follow her. Arnie asks for Dennis's help with his locker. He comes over to help, commenting that Bemis doesn't have a chance. Arnie agreeing that she's much too classy for him. Dennis bangs on his locker. It pops open and tell and um he tells Arnie that he'll see him at lunch. Arnie is amazed on Dennis getting his locker open, and he decides to copy him by closing it and trying to reopen it again. I respect it, actually. I definitely respect it, but I would have probably not have done that right (laughs) there. Would have probably grabbed my stuff first or put something in. But yeah. Good to Dennis outside of waiting for Arnie. He asks someone walking on the field if he's seen Arnie. He He tells him that, or he tells Dennis that he's still in shop because Buddy has his lunch. Walking past Roseanne as she tries to greet him, Dennis walks straight down down the stairs. Completely blows her off. And I like that it's not the only time that he blows her off. Yeah. <laughs> I love the consistency. Yeah. Like, it's it's funny because, like, Dennis obviously is not trying to be a dick. No, he's not. Yeah, he's not trying to be an asshole. Like, he's just like, my friend's in trouble. Yeah. Roseanne is just trying really hard. Right, <laughs> right. She definitely really wants Dennis to be hers. Uh, he interrupts Buddy and his goons for fucking with Arnie. Dennis tells Arnie to take the lunch so they can leave, Buddy egg- egging him on to take it while motioning to touch his balls. Yeah, I uh, I was like, the 70s are weird. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how you fight. Uh, he pulls out a pocket knife, cutting into his lunch, spilling his yogurt and food down on the ground. I was like, damn, bro, you would have got smacked in the mouth, my guy. Yeah, I know. There's so many moments where I was like, I would blow up. Yeah. Like, like that. Even if I were to lose, yeah, like, I would blow up. Yeah. The knife in my lunch 
like that would have been it for me. I would have just dropped the bag and be like, drop the fucking knife. Let's fucking do this. Shit I would have right been now. like, my mom made that. <laughs> 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 she milked cows for three hours strictly for that yogurt, man. Exactly. <laughs> Did his tell someone to get Mr. Casey, buddy asking Arnie if he would like to if he would like to go for it. He uh he will if Buddy puts down the knife. Dennis tells him to put down the knife, calling him a calling him chicken shit. He motions Dennis to come to come at him. His goons tripping him on the ground. Someone doing the same to Arnie, forcing him to slip on his yogurt. His glasses fly off. He's searching for them, but Buddy steps on them as they are. And this is interesting. The whole I can't see my glasses are off, and he's like looking on the ground, and then his glasses are off for the rest of the movie. Yeah, magic. I guess it is. Car like magic. I mean, I mean, I, I guess cars just have you automatically see a twenty twenty <laughs> as they're egging him on uh, to stab Arnie. Dennis hits the knife out of his hand and punches him. His goon Moochie, my favorite name ever in this whole movie, <laughs> <laughs> grabs Dennis and his and his family jewels to subdue him and throw him on the ground. And he's like, "Yeah, this you is, like that dick face?" This is the part I was talking about where I'm like, "The seventies are weird." <laughs> this is the part. Yeah, I'm like, uh, "Are you really proud of this?" That's <laughs> how do you like that dick face? <laughs> Why did he say it like that? Uh, no, like, no. I think because he liked it. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with that, obviously. No, but, not at all. But it was just like, you molested that man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the weird thing. Mr. Casey comes downstairs telling them to break it up to get out of there. He checks on Dennis, then telling them how they thought uh, it was, um, how they thought it was unfair for it to be three on one. I love this. I love that he says three on one. Like Arnie doesn't even fucking exist. Yeah, like that's a really good point. Like I really like that. Like he just knew like Arnie doesn't stand a chance. So it's yeah. just like Arnie's not even a one. Yeah, like that's fucked. But it it makes so much sense on how Arnie's character just builds and builds. Yeah, and, builds and then later in this film, you know, especially in the eighties, you had a lot of movies that had the bully scene. This yeah, right, yeah, but with either that or the montage scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one or the other. Um but this is so necessary for the catalyst of so many things to come later on and a drive for revenge. Yeah. Brum, brum. And um, <laughs> I don't know. It, brum, brum. It, this has so much more impact when you realize the rest of the film and what's going to go down. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Buddy tells him that they started it. Arnie commenting about that not being true. Buddy calls him a slur. Casey is shaking him, telling him to shut his mouth. Dennis shares that Buddy has a knife. The 35-year-old looking Buddy goes up to Dennis, calling him a fucking liar. He looks old as shit. Yeah, he does. Like, dude is ripped as fuck. Yeah. He's just like, what are you lifting? Like, are you, <laughs> like, are you lifting fucking... Tires? Tires? 300-pound Rottweilers? Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Dennis, what you <laughs> I feel like this would be one of those movies to try to explain it to us. Just like, he got held back a year. Yeah, I know. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Dennis continues on what type of knife um, as Buddy tries to mention that not being true. Casey asks Arnie if he, pull, if he pulled a knife on him. He hesitates for a moment, but he says that he did. Casey demands Buddy to empty his pockets, but Buddy is too macho, threatening his own teacher. Casey tells Buddy's goons to leave to the office, back to Buddy, telling him that he's going to call the cops if he doesn't empty his pockets now. Buddy takes out the knife, throwing it on the ground, Casey telling him to go to the office. Before he leaves, he violently threatens both Arnie and Dennis. You both are dead meat. Yeah. Back then, I feel like uh, I feel like teachers would be like, well, he didn't do anything. He just threatened them. Right. 
which is yeah. it's very different nowadays. Yeah, uh, definitely. You should have like expelled at that point. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but, but it depends on what side the I teacher takes because teachers, faculty definitely can take sides. They can. Yeah. They can. I definitely have seen some really messed up things yeah. because my wife is a teacher and yeah. how kids should be held responsible for things and yeah. nothing happens. Nothing happens. Um, uh, yeah, I, I could tell you this one off air. Uh, <laughs> Dennis and Arnie are, are driving back to Arnie's house. Arnie commenting that he it wasn't a bad uh, first day. He asks if Buddy is going to try to get get even. Dennis doesn't think so, and that they'll that he'll pick on somebody else. Arnie mentions that they kicked him out. Dennis thinking that uh, uh, thinking this to be a good thing, and if if the same fate was for Muji, they gave him probation though. Arnie shouts to stop the car and go back as he looks up. Looks out of Dennis's window. He tells Arnie to calm down as he backs up the car, asking, "What does he see? The Red Plymouth." Who? Um, and he says, uh, "Who?" Oh, excuse me, I messed up. I wrote that very oddly. Uh, he sees the Red Plymouth, but by this point in time, I'm actually just going to start calling calling the car Christine. Um, but it's all beat up and for sale. Arnie admires the car, smiling and laughing as he walks around the car. Dennis calls the car a piece of shit, but Arnie sees the true potential of the car. He hops inside, Dennis letting him know that it um, it has 93,000 miles on it, but he doesn't care, which is interesting because it loses those mileage. Yeah, it goes down and down as the movie goes on. Yeah, which is fucking cool. Yeah. It's I, like it's becoming newer and newer and newer as the movie goes yeah, on. Yeah, I wanted to understand what the point of that was, but I think that's a good way to put it i think you're right and it's yeah. just that but i think it's really fascinating how quickly arnie is just like gravitated towards his car yes. where it seems like it's like calling him yeah and it's, it seems unnatural because he's like you know he starts to ask this for the sale price and he's like whatever it is it's too low and it, it just shows that something's something wacky is happening yeah. yeah and which is why like even uh, well, we'll get to him. Dennis um, thinks that it, it won't start. An old man named George comes out, uh, comes up to the window with the keys, knowing that the car will start. They get out of the car. Arnie asking how much for the car. George comes over to him. Co- George comes over to them asking if he's um, ever owned a car before. Dennis is about to blurt out that he owns a Mustang, which I didn't see a Mustang. Oh, he's just trying to be cool. Like, he, he's uh he's helping his friend get right, the sale. Try, right, like, he's yeah, trying he to hype him up. This car, he's just you know just looking at it. Right, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh shit! I lost my spot. Oh, but Arnie cuts him off, saying that he doesn't. He that he uh hasn't, and he just got his license. They introduce him, themselves. Arnie asking for the price again. George tells him to start the car. He excitedly does so. He shares that the car's name is Christine as as the engine purrs. Arnie sharing that he likes that. Dennis is trying to get him get him to to leave the car. George walking toward toward the back telling them that his asshole brother bought it back in September 57. So his brother was the first owner of the car. That's a good point. Which is interesting. Claiming that the car was brand new, only having six miles, but his brother uh, went through hell with the car. Dennis asks why he's selling it if he he loves it. George sharing that he died six weeks ago. (laughs) I'm just like, okay. I don't, that's the thing, like, the car, which George mentions later, calls to him like it called to his brother. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just so fascinating when you think about this in more of a psychological type of aspect. Because when uh, I buy a new car, for example, like, I'm, even if it's the exact same model and the same color, like, 
it's still something about getting into the driver's seat that feels different yeah or something so like it i can understand how like george is explaining the sell of this car yeah arnie asks how um how much he wants for the car he offers it uh, for $250 and is still trying to talk him out of it. Arnie accepts it. George commenting for him not to bring the car back to uh, back there because he's moving. Dennis asks where is he going to get the money. Arnie planning uh, planning on using the money for his college fund. He tells him that he can, um, that he can, um, can get more of a decent car for that price, but Arnie wants Christine. George comes back out with the pink slip. Arnie writes him a check, stoked about purchasing the car. Dennis argues but goes up to George asking for him to give him a break. He tells tells Dennis that he doesn't that he doesn't know as much as he thinks he does. And I was like, fuck, this dude is amazing. Yeah. Because he's totally just like, dude, let your friend buy this fucking car so it's no longer my burden. Yeah. Like it's he just, knows exactly what's he knows going exactly down with Christine. Exactly yeah. what's going down with Christine. Like he knows what this car does to people mm-hmm. and he doesn't want it to be his problem. Mm-hmm. Because what I assumed what he was going to do, I think he was just gonna abandon the car there. But he did say that the car keeps coming back. So I wonder because, I mean, his brother was paired with Christine for 20 years and I think he saw Arnie and saw that this guy can use a pick-me-up yep. as far as his own personal being. And he, I think deep down he thinks he likes Arnie because he's like, this car can transform you. Right. And it depends on how much you can handle for how long. That's true. Yeah. I mean... Didn't last only twenty years, that's for sure. <laughs> Arnie's parents are upset with uh, uh, with him buying a car at the age of seventeen. He tells them that he couldn't he couldn't finance at his age, but he could purchase with cash. Asking for their permission to register the car, his his mom tells him tells him that he uh, could have consulted with them first. He argues back that he didn't want to, uh, didn't want to get voted out, and that he bought the car and that's it. She tells him that it's that's not it. Turning her attention to Dennis, asking how could he let him buy the car. And I was like, bitch, I just fucking, I'm your, your son's friend. <laughs> me, like, what the fuck? like he's, this, kid, this kid is is his own person. Like, I'm not going to stop him if he wants to buy this car this much. I agree with you. I love this scene. I me too. love how it paints the history of the relationship between parents and child, right? And how much tension there is. But also, it seems like for the first time, you're seeing some pushback from Arnie. At least you're suspected to believe so. So for yes. now, they're now, shocked. Yeah. Now that we have Christine, we've revved to one. Yes, you exactly. Know? It's yeah. just it's like it's like a little a little bit on that gauge yeah. where he's getting well, us with these fucking car pops. <laughs> but it's like he he is just starting to now become become motorized. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I like I like this scene mainly because Dennis is just drinking a glass of milk. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, interesting because Dennis very much feels like the main character at this point. But yes, because he's in the middle. Yeah. Yes, and that's that's and this, I love that you brought that up. by Arnie's parents but what's interesting is I think this from a movie making standpoint this is very strong where Arnie feels like I mean uh, Dennis feels like the main character but as which is great because he's he's not in a majority of this movie because Arnie continues to grow and become more powerful and overtaking the movie itself the story itself would you say this movie has three main characters I wouldn't say Lee is a main character. No, I would say the main characters are Arnie, Dennis, and Christine. Yeah, that's yeah. what I say too. And I, I feel like this very, very much this first half, even though following Arnie to a T, it is very much in like Dennis is still the focal point. Mm-hmm. Like even when they're driving, like Dennis is like in the main focus. Yeah. So it's it's super interesting, and 
and especially this the scene in the kitchen here, Dennis is right in the middle. Everyone's placed to the side. Arnie's kind of hard to see. So it's like, it's so interesting how this is placed. Like it's placed like either they could be brothers mm-hmm. or that Dennis is going to be our hero yeah. in a way. But he didn't let him. Arnie just wanted it and and bought it. Dennis continues that he tried to talk him out of it. She's not convinced, but he's uh, had enough and he's about to go home. Regina thinking that that'd be a good idea. And I'm like, yeah would be a great idea. <laughs> Arnie comments that he's fucking out of here. His parents upset by his choice of language. He goes back to them reminding them about all the rules that he's followed for them, shouting that he's going to have this one thing. She sternly tells him that that he's not keeping the car there. Arnie storms out, slamming the door behind him. And I love how he just leaves Dennis in the kitchen like all awkward with yeah. his parents and he's just like well, thanks, <laughs> thanks for the milk. Um, I'll, I'll be out of here. Arnie drives Christine to Darnell's auto garage. He gets out of the car. Dennis behind him. Arnie asks for uh, for him to honk the honk his horn because Christine's doesn't work yet. He does so. The garage door opens. Darnell shouts for him to put it in stall twenty before they all choke to death because the car is just emitting so much smoke. Yeah, <laughs> just smog. <laughs> he goes up to Dennis, telling him that um, to be. Uh, telling him to be ashamed of with himself since he sold the car. Dennis tells him that he didn't sell the sell him the car. In fact, he tried to talk him out of buying it. Darnell thinking he should have tried harder, which was a great secondary line because the mom says that earlier. Arnie backs the car into the stall, Dennis and Darnell walking up to it. Darnell mentioning that he knew someone um, who had a car like that, but he killed himself in it fucking magnificent yeah you know i didn't catch that the first time around really yeah yeah that was great like that was great because like we are now starting to kind of get the signs of just like wait a second piecing things together we know this car is local because you know it was just sold by the ex-owner's brother in like the same town right yeah and the best part behind this is the fact that darnell also mentions that he remembers him being mean Oh yeah, because so, he's got he's being bad energy right? by yeah. by Christine, um, which is so fascinating when he says that he was just like I just remember him being mean. Yeah, and I think I was, you. Oh, is it in the line where he was like he'd uh, chug down boiling water and shit out ice brick? I mean yes. ice cubes. Yes, yeah. it was that guy, um, which is great because I mean it was George's brother, obviously. Yeah. But it, that would have been interesting for. Uh, Dennis, I feel like if he would have spoken up to that, if he would have been like, wait a second, how long ago was yeah, this? Because yeah. like, I've never seen this car before, mm-hmm. ever. So like, it, only, it feels like a one-of-a-kind type of car. Yeah, definitely. So... He tells Arnie that he's uh, not going to allow him to uh, run the car without an exhaust hose. Arnie timidly understands. Darnell uh, continues dickishly telling him that uh, the rules of the place, especially no smoking. Dennis gets smart about his worker smoking, (laughs) but he isn't amused, calling them both creeps. He tells Arnie that he's uh, on probation and that he will throw him out, not caring how much money he paid. Arnie understands. Darnell kicking um, kicking him out of there since they're closed. Dennis drives Arnie back home asking if he's going to be okay he tells dennis that he's okay adding that um he'd be better he better find another charity besides him and christine dennis wonders about his fascination with the car arnie's not too sure but thinking that for the first time in his life he found something uglier than him interesting line very super interesting yeah very much trying to communicate the insecurity 
to compare to later on. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Dennis tries to compliment and cheer him up uh, before his parents come outside calling for him. He tells Dennis to leave while he goes up to his parents, his dad, Michael, yelling and wondering uh, where he's been. Dennis starts driving while playing some music. Cut to October 9th. Arnie looking for his parts in the scrapyard. Darnell commenting about his his work on Christine that was done in three weeks to um to Pepper. Pepper compliments his work, Darnell agreeing but disagreeing on Arnie's taste in cars. Meanwhile, Arnie comes back out with a with a hubcap to put on his car. Darnell comes up to Arnie working on his car, arguing that he didn't mean that he could um, build his whole car there for, with parts from his scrapyard. And at this moment, this is where we notice that um, Arnie's no longer wearing glasses. It's yeah. been three weeks, and we're now starting to see a little bit more as to a subtle transformation yes yeah how this is changing him yeah like he is starting to have more confidence he's starting to stick up for himself Mm -hmm. he's starting to uh physically be better i guess um so arnie doesn't understand why he um why it matters to him darnell complains that it that if it wasn't for him, it will cost Arnie a ton of money to put this together. He understands. Darnell wanting wanting to make him a deal since he doesn't have much money, giving him oddball jobs around the mechanic shop so he can raid his junkyard for parts. Arnie smiles that he has to think about it. Darnell becoming his old self again, telling him to to not think about it too long or he will throw him out. <laughs> I love this. I love how like he's trying to give Arnie a chance and Arnie's just like, yeah, I really don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> like, I would just like to work on my car. He's like, fuck you. I was trying to give you a break. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Artie gets into, into Christine, turning on the radio, sitting in the driver's seat and hugging the steering wheel. Dennis, Bemis, and Chuck are in the library talking talking about Lee and how she denies, uh, denies everyone. Roseanne, that thinking that they are looking at her, she flirtatiously looks back. I love her. She's hilarious. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. She's just like... <laughs> it's, it's plays so perfectly throughout the movie and it doesn't waste time at the same time that right there it doesn't waste time like it's not a st- stay on this gag type of moment exactly it totally is just like a flow by like if you want to laugh sure if you don't laugh no matter because it's not really a part of the story exactly even with this scene it's a good like physical representation of that because you go from Roseanne to Iraq Zoom to Lee and it just no matter what even if Roseanne wasn't there, the shot would have been almost exactly the same. It would have been exactly the same. Yeah. Absolutely. The three boners uh, become <laughs> oddly aroused at Lee putting a pencil in her mouth while she studies. Dennis walks over to her, passing up Roseanne in the process. Then Lee, he grabs a book before heading back to Lee and sitting right in front of her. She continues studying until she, he asks what, she's, what she is reading. She tells him. Dennis asks um, ask her out to see if she would like to go dancing with him after the game. Lee tells him that she can't. While she apologizes. He looks back at his friends, them making fun of funny faces at him. He ask he asks her why, and she tells him because she already has a date. This is fucking awesome. It is. This is awesome. When we officially see who that date is or who she's been seeing or whatever, like it's 
great. It's a reveal too. It's like a big reveal and has a lot of weight to the moment. Absolutely. The librarian calls out to him asking if he's lost. He tells her no. Roseanne looking back at him (laughs) sitting with Lee. The librarian telling him to head back to his own seat and get back to work. He does what he's told. Very embarrassed. (laughs) Dennis pulls out up to Arnie's house. His parents are yelling for him to not leave. Arnie comes outside. Dennis greets him, but Arnie is officially too cool for him now. Greeting him back with a, oh, shit, while rolling (laughs) his eyes. He asks about Arnie having no glasses. Arnie ignores the question, coldly apologizing for not calling, calling him to cancel. Regina comes out to them, asking if Dennis is going with Arnie. Dennis doesn't know uh, what she's talking about. Arnie answering no because he has to run some errands for Darnell. He asks Arnie um, if he needs a ride, but Arnie is all good and blames blames it on work. While walking away, Regina asks um, if he had if he had plans with Dennis. He ignores her. She scolds him. Um, she scolds him that he will end up with no friends if he continues acting the way he is. He tells her to get off his back and drives away in Darnell's car. So interesting that she allows him to have Darnell's car in the driveway, but yeah. not his own. Car. Well, maybe that's why he came out all pissy and because they were maybe. arguing about it. But man, amazing acting by Keith Gordon. Oh yeah, like it's 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 a huge step in the transformation, but it's not corny or overbearing. No, like this feels this feels natural. Mm-hmm. Like this feels like a very natural shift. Like this feels like like it. It, it kind of reminds me of that effect of like after high school, you have your group of friends, you go to college. And you go to separate colleges or maybe some of your friends don't. And then you come see your friends again and you're just kind of like nonchalant about everything. Yeah. Like you're just like, like like we're cool, but we're not like that anymore. Like, you know, and that's what this feels like. What I really like with this, it's it's, the time span of this story is a semester. Yes. Yeah. And that's it. And it's so perfect because I think they said they're seniors, right? So. Yep. They're seniors. Yeah. She asks Dennis what's going on with him, but he doesn't know. Claiming that he's he hasn't seen him in a while, she acknowledges that uh, they they haven't either, and that Arnie has been obsessed with his car. Adding that they found found out the last owner died inside the car from carbon monoxide poisoning. He asks if Arnie knows about that. She cries that he doesn't know about. He, she doesn't know anything anymore. <laughs> what a great line. <laughs> Got to Dennis going back to George's place. George asks him uh, what he wants. Dennis sharing that he knows about his brother choking on exhaust fumes. George tells him that he doesn't know shit, saying that his brother died because he wanted to. Dennis suggesting that Arnie wouldn't have bought the car if he would have known that. George doesn't believe that, knowing that he had the same look that his brother had. Continuing that his brother only loved the car, nobody being able to become between him and Christine, adding that his five-year-old daughter choked to death in it, but he didn't get rid of the car, just blaring the radio without a care in the world. And the only time he stepped stepped in is uh, when his wife Rita killed herself, knowing that he didn't care about her and he ma- and made him get rid of the car, but it came back three weeks later. Dennis doesn't understand. George just stares at him. That's intense stuff, man. This fucking scene. Yeah. It like, really paints a picture of how possessive it can be. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And it also paints another picture as to why Dennis uh, or why George wanted nothing to do with this car. Yeah. And like it when he it's it's interesting though that like <laughs> Rita was his last straw and not his niece. But his daughter. Well, George. Oh, no, no. You're right. Yeah. George's because niece. George got involved when Rita committed suicide. Yeah. 
And it was just like I think at that point, like it's the second time. It's like it doesn't seem like a coincidence right, anymore. It's like exactly. something's going on. Something's happening here. Yeah. And you love this car and you're yeah. over too overly protective over it or whatever. Uh, Dennis sneaks into Darnell's shop, Christine sitting in the stall. He looks at the car for a moment, then checks the surroundings before approaching the driver's side. He looks inside and then at the mileage, trying at the trying for the door, but it is locked. He bangs on it. Um, I think this is when the car says less mileage now. I think it says like 88,000. It's like 89,000 or something like that. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, 88,000. 88, yeah. So, th- you're now starting to see it's starting to back tick as he's mm-hmm. working on it. And I love this because he's taking years off. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe it's a reverse of time. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking. And I, I like that you even said a reverse of time because in the scenes when uh, Christine's damaged, yeah. the camera's just reversing. Yeah. And it, I think that's the exact same thing that's happening here. It's just reversing what happened to it. That feels very Stephen King. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. The radio cuts in on with lyrics, quote, keep a knocking, but you can't come in. Quote. <laughs> Dennis flips out and runs out of, out of the window that he came from. The radio shuts back off. I love this, dude. Like, yeah. this, just, this is just fucking great. Like, the car looks awesome. It looks, it looks deadly. It has so much energy and it feels like an entity. Yes. Um, it's, it's weird to describe. Um, it, because, you know, everyone knows like when you look at the front of a car, it's very reminiscent of a face. But even even more than that, it just feels like it's alive. Yeah. I don't absolutely. know how to explain it. And I think the shots, the cinematography really helps with that and yeah. invoking that. Yeah. The cinematography does help with that. Yeah. I always do because <laughs> me and Bella have a joke where I say cinnamon photography and what's the <laughs> other thing damn yeah so it's ruined those words for me forever i can never <laughs> say it correctly that's amazing yeah. cut to the game footballers footballing and shit arnie pulls up i don't know football arnie pulls up to the uh, to the game and christine buddy and his doofus friends wonder if if that is arnie's car moochie once again fantastic name for a character i just it, you know i love it muji knows that um that it is and that he knows where he keeps it stored arnie gets out of the car jen is watching him open the door for lee as well this reveals damn. fucking dope as shit it is dude. it's great you know he's just like got his confidence got his sexy ass car and he's just he's strolling into the football game not only that but you went for your best friends like crush Yes. I don't know if he knew. I don't think there's a context where he really understands that he like try to uh, ask he, her out. I don't think he knew that, but I think he knew that the whole school yeah. wanted to be with Lee. Yeah. So I think he kind of assumed, you know, it's just like his yeah. one up. At that point, if everyone wants it or wants to ask her out, um, then it's not like it's not specific to your best, your best friend crushing on her. I think yeah. it's just like well, everyone wants to ask her out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They hut the ball. Dennis running straight over to uh, straight over toward Arnie and Lee kissing. The ball is thrown to him and he is immediately tackled to the ground. He's hurt. Everyone run, runs over to him to make sure that he's okay. And we are left with a cherry red car staring at him. On November 5th, Arnie comes to visit Dennis. He clears his throat. Dennis on the bed with a neck brace um, and, ribs, and ribs bandage. Arnie has a book of on 50,000 dirty limericks, letting him know that uh, this is his third time coming by, but he's always asleep. Let me get on the drugs. Dennis adding that he doesn't um, take it, um, that it doesn't take the pain away, though. 
He tells Arnie that he's not going to play football again because he um, was almost paralyzed. He asks about Lee and him. Arnie's smiling that they like each other um, while self-congratulating himself. (laughs) This is great. Dennis continues that sharing that um, she's the most beautiful girl in the school. Arnie jokes that he respects her mind and she lusts for after his body. Jokes aside, he asks how Arnie um, got Christine fixed up like that. Arnie blames it on hard work, but he can't keep it at home because his mom says that it makes the yard look crowded. Dennis is surprised that they allowed him to register the car. Arnie threatened them about dropping out of school if they didn't, claiming that they don't uh, want him to grow grow up because they uh, would have to face getting old. He is about to walk out, but Dennis um, asks one last question about part of being... um, one last question about, um, I don't think I wrote that correctly. Um, being a parent is trying to kill your, oh, here we go. Uh, Dennis asked one last question about um, the reason of being a parent is trying to kill your kids. Oh, Arnie asked that. Arnie he asked, asked that. Dennis. Sorry, yeah. He, yeah. Right. But I think what's very interesting is a line where Arnie expresses that they don't want to face me growing up because they're going to have to face themselves getting older that right. almost sounds like whisperings in someone's ear like a demon Ooh, whispering yeah. like this is this is why they do this they I like just that. don't want to you know and he's come to believe it right he's yeah. like they don't want you to grow up yeah they're scared about getting old and dying yeah and that was such an interesting line of, of when he says like the the main thing about parenting is just to kill your kids like that's yeah and that's, that's so interesting that feels like another whispering as well yeah like it's so far-reaching yeah no you're right like it, it it's obviously ridiculous but yeah. like it's it's so interesting and i believe what he was the meaning by all of that was mainly like your parents want you to do what they want you to do mm-hmm. like they they want you to become a doctor they want you to do xyz they want you to get whatever they want you to get kind of thing they don't want you to take shop they want to kill the real version of you right. and remake you into something else. Exactly, which is why I very much like your demon ear whispering thing. <laughs> Definitely makes sense to me. Dennis doesn't answer the question and Arnie leaves. Cut to Arnie and Lee making out at the drive-in movie while that drive-in movie is taking a message from our sponsors. And we're back. It's pouring rain like fuck. He slowly places his hand in her chest. <gasps> Not in her chest, no. That would be incense. <laughs> on her chest. Uh, but her hand on on uh, his crotch. But she stops. And that she can't. And she immediately just leaves out of the car. Now, this was very jarring for Arnie. Yeah. Very jarring. Because he was just like, what? <laughs> also, interesting. I feel like this is very much a, a trope of back then. But also interesting that she ran out immediately. When she could have yeah. been like, let's just slow down. Right, yeah, she just, she just, <laughs> she like, just ran this. out to the ring. I need to get out of here. Yeah. Just need to get the fuck out of here. Arnie runs over um, over to her asking her what's wrong. She tells him that she can't do it inside of the car. He doesn't understand what, what, she's, think, what she's talking about. She exclaims that she hates that car and, and that he cares about that car more than he cares about her. He thinks this is crazy. Lee asking who he spends more time with. Arnie tells, uh, tells her that she's going to get a cold. And for her to come come back inside. She's a little hesitant at first, but she goes back. They run over to his car. He angrily tells her that he thought um, girls were supposed to be jealous of other girls and not cars. Lee claims that his car is a girl and she punches the seat. He tells her to cut it out and to not do that. She tests him, asking why doesn't he like um, slapping 
she's asking why doesn't he like um he doesn't like her slapping his girl um and it, this is interesting i love how she's just like really testing his limits here yeah it's a, it's 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 a little comedic but yeah, i mean it gets the message across it does yeah it very much does and it's super interesting how you're starting to see like how much he cares for the car yeah but you also are going to see next or we're going to talk about next is how much the car cares about him. Yeah. I think it's very interesting to bring up the dynamic of this conversation where Lee is like jealous of the car and thinking that he cares about the car more than her because Arnie probably believes that because of the car, he's able to date Lee this is why right. he's deemed as attractive now is because he has a car that he uh, he worked on and is nice. Right. And it's interesting where Lee is like, I would love it if this car was just out of the picture. And yeah. Arnie probably thinks like, well, that's why you're with me most likely. That's the right. only reason why we're together because before this, you would have never noticed me. Exactly. I was a ghost exactly. before all of this. And now you want me to get rid of this, um, the thing that you first noticed me in. Arnie um, claims that nobody likes his cars, the, his cars, the, his, oh my gosh, nobody likes his car these days, then goes back to looking at the screen. You're rubbing that sentence. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> car, 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 car. Uh, she, t- she takes the foil wrapped um, treat off the dash. What do you think that was? A whoopie pie? What, what was that? What's a whoopie pie? Whoopie pie is like, like a chocolate pie. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't catch that. I just thought it was a sandwich, but who knows? Oh, uh, maybe I don't know. It was very circular, like kind of like one of those uh, hostess cakes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it was in foil, so that's why I assume sandwich. But you know, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, one of uh, one of Christine's wipers stops, forcing Arnie to get out of the car while trying to fix it. The radio, um, the radio inside uh, sings the lyrics. Quote. You're mine and we belong together. <laughs> End quote. This is fucking awesome. Yeah. Ooh. And you know what I didn't think about um, watching this the first time? Uh, Christine probably messed up her wiper on purpose to get Arnie out of the car to get That's Lee in there exactly alone. exactly yeah. what happened. It's awesome. Lee begins choking on the food, the light inside the car illuminating brighter. Arnie watches outside, then tries getting inside the car, but Christine's doors are locked. Lee struggles to get out of the car. She continues violently gasping for air, but manages to get the door unlocked. The man in, uh, the, man in the car next to them pulls her out of the car and gives her the Heimlich. Arnie yells for him to get his hands off of her. The man succeeds in dislodging the food. This is fucking incredible yeah and it's insane how violent this choking scene is. oh yeah like i've never seen a choking scene such as this to be this violent yeah definitely like that was scary like mm-hmm. it, like it, it's it, i don't know the like, lights like, are a really good touch the lights were fantastic the lights glowing yeah it, it's fucking amazing it just makes it very overwhelming yes and i think weirdly enough i think without the light the scene would have been a little off Right. Yeah. It would have felt it would have felt like she's just choking. Yeah, it would exactly. have felt like the car had nothing to do with exactly. this. Exactly. Um, but what, what was interesting is their I don't know, car neighbor. Um yeah, it was weird. like he was constantly staring at them if yeah. you look back at the scenes. Like he's like like why are you so intrigued with yeah. this couple? And I assumed this is this is just me assuming, I assumed that he was just waiting for his cue. 
and he didn't know when the scene was going to transition to where he oh, needed that's to a be cute. That's funny. <laughs> so I assume that's what's happening. It's interesting. Because it's just like, why do you keep looking at them? Yeah. Like, are you trying to wait until they like have sex or something? So you yeah, so that's, that's the approach that I was taking. Like, it's like, it, for the character, it's like, his character is attracted to Lee. Right. Gives him a reason to keep looking over. Sees her wailing about in the car. <laughs> and yeah. I'll save you, Mary Jane. <laughs> Arnie drives uh, drives her back home. She runs out of the car without saying goodbye into her house. He chases after her, stopping her and asking her if she's been if she's going to be okay. She claims that she's fine now. He adds that um, it scared the hell out of him. Lee tells him to get rid of the car. He tells her not to blame her choking on Christine. She stares at she um, shares that the radio came on and everything went bright, telling him that he that she could have died and he didn't help. He tells her that his door was locked. Lee. Asks adding that uh, he didn't want the man to help her either. Arnie claims that he thought that she was being attacked and he didn't know he was doing the Heimlich, about to add that he could have done it himself, but she cuts him off saying, but he didn't. That was great. Yeah. She's like, but you didn't. Yeah. Motherfucker. So it's me or the car at this point. Exactly. Like what's going down here? (laughs) He rolls his eyes, but continues telling him, telling him, he rolls his eyes, but she continues telling him about the radio playing old songs. And then they are making, and while they are making out, the radio just stalls as if the car gets jealous. Oh, I thought the car stalls. No, I think she said the like the radio. Got it, got it. Yeah. Because, I mean, making out while you're driving? Yeah, that's what I got confused about yeah. the first time I heard of that line. So that yeah. makes sense that it's the radio. Yeah, but it's... I mean, I guess it's possible that you might crash. But anyway, <laughs> she uh, she slams her purse on the door, yelling, a goddamn car. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, I feel that. Like, <laughs> like, that would make me scared to, you know, get rid of my car, too, I guess. Uh, he's he's deductively tries to get her things. She tells him to leave it alone. He grabs the back of her head, telling her that she's just sexually frustrated what he's a senior boy yeah <laughs> she pushes him off of her the porch light comes on above above them they both spring up arnie apologizing and asking him uh to can he call her tomorrow it would have been funny if she would have been like you're still a fucking virgin like get off me <laughs> like- <laughs> i mean maybe she doesn't know maybe she doesn't but maybe she does. I don't know. Uh, she opens the door, not not sure if she uh, will allow him to. He goes back to his car, turning the key, but the car won't come on. He tries again, telling Christine that everything is all right and that it will all be the same again. The car turns on with the radio chiming, quote, I love you like I do. Dude, I love End that. Quote. He smiles and is on his way out of her driveway. He takes Christine back to Darnell's garage, but he's gang running inside the garage and hiding um, hiding in the corner. Arnie leaves out of the garage, closing it after he leaves. The boys whoop and cheer with their weapons in hand, Buddy walking up with a sledgehammer. I, I'm, I was curious, like, why, why didn't you just take Arnie, like, right there or something? Like, why didn't you just, like, beat his ass? I think they're, yeah, good point. I think they just wanted something to be emotionally stuck for I think they're more high school bullies than we think, even though they look 40, at least (laughs) the main dude. Um, Because Moochie looks old too. Yeah, sure that. And I think what it is, is they don't want to get busted for messing messing him up too much. And I think this is going to have a lot more impact. Um, That's fair. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, they're still... I mean, they're still supposed to be kids. Yeah. I mean, Buddy did have like a switchblade, but 
who knows if he was actually going to use it. Right. It seems like he's just, he more so flaunts it. Yeah. And I guess every kid in the fucking 70s just has a fucking, (laughs) every kid in the 70s has a fucking uh, just muscle car. Exactly. Like, it's just, I've seen American graffiti. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) They all wait for him to give the first blow as they join in. He jumps on the ceiling of the car um, and they just start welling, welling out the car, cutting the seats and shit. The radio comes on with the lyrics, quote, keep a knocking, but you can't come in, end quote. Moochie bangs the radio, breaking it. It's just some bitch ass shit right here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, what the fuck? And then you took a shit on his dick. I know, bro. Like, this is like, you have nothing better to do. This is where you find joy. Seriously. It's just like, when they said that. Yeah, they were like, like, it seems like they also defecated on the dashboard. (laughs) Oh, no. Guts already, like, you must have great precision. (laughs) That's After true. Smashing yeah. the fuck out of this car to not cut your butt cheeks on <laughs> broken glass. Oh my god! I got to Arnie and Lee uh, waking up. Or uh, yeah, waking up. To, um, excuse me. Uh, cut to Arnie and Lee walking up to the garage. He tells her that he, uh, he will just be a minute. And then he has to get his, uh, his wallet out for, uh, of Christine. Asking her to come inside with him, she agrees. They walk in, Arnie holding her hand as they, do, as they do so. While walking inside, he thinks about them applying to the same colleges next year, taking it as a sign of fate if they get accepted into the same schools. He stops talking when he notices that Christine is demolished. She doesn't understand what's wrong. He um, hurts her hand as he yanks it away. He goes up to, the, to his car, extremely hurt at the sight of it. Lee comes up to him asking who did this to his car he touches the frame inspecting each damage that was given to the car she she touches his shoulder arnie pouncing for her not to touch him screaming for lee to get away from uh get away from quote unquote her he is um he is having dinner with his parents his mom apologizing to him she is about to continue but but he blames them suggesting if they hadn't been so selfish to allow him to park his car in their driveway this wouldn't have happened regina is crying that this isn't um that this isn't true and asking if they can if they can talk about this like rational human beings he yells that one of them took a shit on his dashboard <laughs> is that rational for you mom <laughs> huh is that rational I brought the bag of shit. It's right here. <laughs> He's t- his dad steps in and telling him that <laughs> I can't believe they did that. <laughs> I, I can't get over it. Like uh, I w- <laughs> there's some shit that went down in previous decades where I, was, I always think to myself, "What the fuck were you all thinking?" Like, <laughs> like yeah, I'm gonna get in a fight. I'm gonna grab this guy's nuts so hard <laughs> he just collapses, and then. I'm gonna take a shit on this guy's car. Like, what is <laughs> what is wrong with you? Uh, what? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't think people say nuts anymore. I don't think people say nuts anymore. I think that's like a millennial thing, or maybe even. I, I just think we're just too old now. Yeah, like we we would say it to keep things probably a little bit more PG as children. You think so? I think so. Damn, maybe I just got it wrong. I don't know. I mean, I know no one who says testicles. So <laughs> see, that's the thing. Like, and like, I see for me, <laughs> balls sounds a little more childish than like nuts. That's true. Fair but enough. then you know, because you know what the kids say now. No, what do the kids say now? They, I don't think they say nuts because they they say testicular cancer. No, no. <laughs> they don't use um, 
uh, nuts as a noun because it's also a verb or it's a verb now. Like, like you nut. What? I'm Anyways. fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. I can't keep up with Going this back shit. to the movie. Um, I very much love this scene. I love the transformation we see with Arnie and how much power he's gained. Because yeah. he very much invoked about how he was so powerless in the household. It was always two versus one of a, a committee. And, and now he's daddy. Lose. Yeah. And now it's one versus two, but he could take them both on. Exactly. Also love the call out or the the Easter egg of the um, Rebel Without a Cause jacket. Oh, very yeah, James you, you Dean here. Yeah. yeah. Call, uh, shout out to Goodnight Movie Club. Check out yeah, the Rebel Without a Cause episode. I was on it and it Definitely had a check lot that of episode fun. Out. Yes, I, I'm glad you you also picked up on that as well. The rebel of the cause, um, or rebel without a cause, because uh, you know how James Dean died. Yeah, cars. Yeah, racing. Have you heard about the curse? Yes, I I think we talked about it on the uh, on the episode. You, you might have. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. I don't think tell I the people about the finish, curse. But about the curse, just for those who don't know, the car um, that James Dean died in technically had a bit of a curse with the car Mm -hmm. to where the car kind of any piece that was utilized from that car someone either got terribly hurt or they died exactly so so i feel like this is very much an intentional easter egg yes i agree uh his dad steps in telling him that he that they decided to help him buy a new car arnie's and they're like all like stoked about it they're just like son we're gonna help you buy a new car (laughs) Like, yeah, that's exactly what he wants. Um, and Arnie sits back with an irritated smile, knowing that's what everyone wants. With one big fuck you, he's off to fix up Christine. Michael comes up to him, grabbing him, shouting about him being disrespectful, telling him to go back there and apologize to your mother. Arnie shouts for him to um, take his mitts off of him. Take your mitts off me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very hard to take him serious in this moment when he said mitts. Then he started choking him. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, then he called him a motherfucker and choked him out. I'm like, yep, yes. yep. You're very serious You're right You're very now. serious. His dad slams him into the stand, Arnie grabbing him and choking him, but stops playfully slapping his face as he smiles, then uh, leaves to go to bed. I would have fucking killed my son. <laughs> my son would have probably been dead in that moment. Honestly, I love this scene. It's a great scene. Because I was like, <laughs> this is going to sound so fucked up. But uh, before Arnie grabbed him, I was like, knock him out, Arnie. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Damn. Uh, Christine is in bad shape. Arnie's speaking to his car about them making making it better, and they can't um, hurt them if they work together. Wanting to show those shitters. That was was definitely a word in this movie, huh? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. (laughs) What they can do. Call back to George. He, yeah, he walks away to grab some tools and the car uh, starting to repair itself. Getting a better look, he tells Christine to show him. The headlights The headlights on the car come on. I love the I fucking love music right here. Moment, the yeah. Like, it was fucking People great. are still doing this today. Yeah, people yeah. are still doing this today. This fucking, this rules. Yeah, it like, does. This is, this is great. Yeah. The car begins repairing itself right in front of him, and this also looks oh fucking God. incredible. Fantastic. It looks, it looks like it was great. made in 2021. Yes. Like, this looks great. Like, the sound design, the way the car just molds itself and just is just morphing itself back to the way it was. Yeah. So, you fucking know, awesome. I when I watch this, I assume that they're reversing the camera. But what is interesting to me is, like, you don't. How do you pull that off without seeing the damage that's being applied to the car? You know? Mm-hmm. So 
I wonder what trickery they did to really pull this off. I don't know. I I wonder the same thing all the time. I hope it's in the movie facts. I hope so too. <laughs> cut to diesel truck. Cut to a diesel truck driving down the road, stopping to let Moochie out of the passenger seat. He just catches trucks. Uh, he's walking down the down the dark road. He stops when he hears music playing across from him. Looking over, he sees Christine sitting idle. The car's engine starts. He moves to get a better look. Christine drives out to the road. Windows now completely tinted. He calls to Arnie. This is fucking awesome how they're I tinted like that this, too. Yeah. This is great. Um, uh, Arnie Excuse me. He calls to Arnie asking if he's mad. The lights turn on. Chasing him down the road, he jumps over the median, Christine crashing into the side. Turning back around, Moochie runs away into another road, looking back. Christine flies down the road. He continues running into an abandoned factory, um, falling over the gate as the car crashes through. He runs as fast as he can through the wet alley, coming into the to a dead end. He takes out a knife, calling Arnie a dead man. The car pushes through, oh, breaking man. its frame to crush Moochie. This is fucking awesome. Yeah. This, this is so goddamn brutal. And like what makes this brutal is how the car is just viciously squeezing in to this super small corner, destroying itself. I'm picturing a human trying to get to someone and you're in this tight space and they're just like no fucks giving their whole skin's just being peeled oh, back yeah. and just they're just ravaging. So and that's how I picture this. You use scene. the word ravaging because I was thinking of a, like a ravaged wild animal. Yes. As you're like trying to hide in a in a safe spot, it's just trying to get at you still. So fucking yeah, great. This is this entire moment is incredible. It's it's just stunning to watch yeah. visually and also just the storytelling aspects of it is just great just great yeah it's great it's just it fucking it works it rules it rules <laughs> it fucking rules cut to dennis asleep while while uh the while football is playing on in the background arnie cracks open a can of beer um pouring it into a mug he asks arnie what uh where's he been arnie smiling as in him um if he's heard about moochie Dennis isn't smiling, telling him that he heard. While Arnie continues smirking about the whole thing, he asks about Christine. Arnie commenting that she's perfect from uh, all the money he spent on her. Dennis laughs that it's funny because he heard that uh, it was totaled. Arnie claiming that it was so that uh, it wasn't so bad after cleaning up a little bit of glass. Dennis bets him a hundred dollars that it was Buddy. Arnie wide eyed, thinking that it might be, and he looks fucking deranged when he asks him this. It's interesting because I wonder if he. I, I felt like he should have known, but I guess he had no way of knowing. Well, this is a great, this is great, mainly because we find out a little bit later that Christine knows how to drive herself. Yes. So I assume Christine you're, obviously knew. You're right, because at this moment, I remember thinking he's that not Arnie was in the car. Exactly. And it was later on where you have speculation, like, he's not in the he's car, is the he, car. right? Yeah. Right. He asks what if Buddy does it again, Arnie um, knowing that he won't do it again. Dennis doesn't know what, what that means. What he means by that, Arnie is leaving out, is leaving out um, that he can't stay there much longer. Dennis claiming that he's um, always in, in demand. No, I, I love how Dennis now knows. Yeah. Like he now knows it's just like, okay, you, you're, you're fucking gone. Like you're not my friend anymore. Something's definitely Like something's different. up. Yeah. Like you're, you're not my friend. At school, Arnie walks up to his car. A detective named Rudolph Junkins compliments his car. What a great name. 
Rudolph <laughs> Junkins. I'm Detective Rudolph Junkins. Are you sure? Like, are, are you, you sure? sure you're a fucking detective, Rudolph Junkins? Because <laughs> it's an alias. That name. It's an alias. <laughs> then ask. Uh, then ask if uh, if he is Arnie. Introducing himself, he asks Arnie about his car, um, thinking that it was totaled. Arnie wonders who who told him that. Junkins telling him everybody did, um, and he just starts name dropping. He's like your mom, your your girlfriend. Your, yeah. <laughs> uh, Arnie tells him that it wasn't nearly as bad as they say. He continues inspecting the car. Arnie showing him the blemishes, but Junkins can't tell the difference. And I love this. He's just like, see, look at the, look. There's this one spot right here, and he's like, nope, I don't see anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Complimenting Arnie on his work, he thanks the detective and hops on on his car. I love this. I love that, like, Junkins just sits on the hood. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get a reaction out of him. Yeah. To see how violent he can be. Right. Junkins goes to the front of the car, Arnie revving the engine at him, but stops to get out of the car to see what he wants. He asks Arnie about the, sh- the shade of red, believing that they didn't make this shade anymore. Arnie argues that they do since he bought it. Junkins asking from where. Arnie lying that he got it from um, Baker Audio. He asks if Arnie still has the receipt, but Arnie tossed it. Junkins, Junkins uh, leans on the car, telling him that they usually, they usually get photos when um, someone gets their car uh, trashed. Arnie stops him that they didn't trash it. He tells Arnie that um, that's not what Lee said, adding that she was so shaken up that she um, that she broke down crying while giving him the details. Continuing that he heard one of the pep- uh, perpetrators defecated on his <laughs> dashboard, thinking that uh, he would be mad and reported it. It's so interesting. What's very interesting is after that statement is made about the defecation, is if you look at Arnie's eyes, he still has like a stern face on, but his eyes his water eyes up. Are just so wide. Because he thinks about how someone could disrespect. Pissed. Yeah. Also, it's just like the the audacity of like having your your car, your girl disrespected like that. Dude, if someone took shit on inside <laughs> of my car, I, I, I would sell it. I guess I would, be, I would be like, okay, it's not my car anymore. Yeah. This is obviously yours. Like you own this now. Yeah. It's like the first person who licks the ice cream. Uh, Arnie uh, responds uh, that... <laughs> Arnie responds that shit wipes off. Junkins throw in the question of Moochie getting wiped off too. Arnie plays dumb that he doesn't know. Junkins not believing it. Sharing the details of Moochie being cut in half and having uh, to scrape the legs up with a shovel. Arnie questions if that's what you're supposed to do when it comes to shit. I love the confidence in that statement. fucking line, dude. Yeah. Wow. I love it because I thought he was very, I thought he was the one who took him out. Right. And I was like, damn, the confidence. I know. Yeah. Junkins tells him to, to not get smart with him, claiming that his girlfriend is a lot more convincing than he is. Arnie laughs, wondering if if uh, it was a crime to fix up his own car. Junkins tells him that it never was. Arnie wanting to get get off his back about all of this, he leaves. Arnie wiping the area where he sat on his car. Lee wakes up from a phone call from Arnie waiting uh, wanting to see her. She tells him that she cares about him. He thinks they deserve one that he deserves one more chance to try since he loves her back. She's silent. Arnie yelling for her to give him a yes or no. She asks for him to not do this. He shouts fuck you, thinking that it is over between them, slamming the phone down on the receiver. Arnie immediately picks it back up, calling Lee's name, upset at what he just um, committed. Lee left crying in her bed while he lashes out on the cabinet door with his fist. His mind is tormented. My guy. Yeah, like, dude. 
that that moment too really shows how far he's gone. Yeah, exactly. Like he's now at an eight. I wouldn't say he's at a ten yet. He's yeah, at an eight. He's an eight pushing a nine. Yeah, exactly. On December sixteenth, Buddy and his friend Rich are leaving out of the liquor store. They smash down the road while drinking and listening to the Rolling Stones. A car behind them flashing their brights. Buddy noticing and looking through his rear view, flipping it, uh, flipping, uh, flipping it, um, excuse me, flipping it to block the shine. Rich flips them off. Um, Buddy slamming on his brakes, causing Christine to stop. He backs up, Christine following his game, and then Buddy speeds off. <laughs> this is fucking great. Yeah, I like love Like this, this game of chicken when he stops and then he backs up and Christine just backs up too. Wow. What I love is Christine is just as confident as Arnie has become. Exactly. Christine is right behind him, but, but Buddy continues trying to maneuver away. He pulls into a gas station slash garage where his friend Don is working. Getting out of his car, yelling that someone is following him, he arms himself with Christine smashing into his car, reversing and pulling his car with it. What? I was ready for the hood to open up and just eat the car. That's what it felt like. <laughs> That's what it felt like. This was like so violent yeah. when it crashed into that car. But it's so satisfying after everything like Buddy and his crew has done. No, I agree. Yeah. This is great. Don shouts uh, shouts if that is Arnie, Buddy not thinking that to be true. He eggs Arnie on that they aren't finished yet. Christine speeds into his car again, smashing into Rich and forcing the car to explode inside the garage. Christine rolls out, covered in flames. Amazing. Buddy rolling away. This looks incredible it, it, even to today's standards it looks this amazing looks incre- that looks like the fucking devil yeah <laughs> like, like so when i watch this wow the headlights are like faded on the outer rim and it almost looks like a skull with glowing eyes that's what i thought when yeah. i saw the face of christine here it looks awesome feel really bad for don though <laughs> poor dude yeah not caught up in all of it don was just like man fuck bro i just work here <laughs> unless wait was don don was the a part fourth of it. friend yes oh never mind fuck yeah, don yeah Don was a part of it i'm gonna go tell bella because we were watching this and she's like i feel bad for that dude he was just working there i'm gonna go back <laughs> oh, and be like i'm so glad you watched this with bella yeah, did yeah. she like it yeah she liked it a lot ah, dope uh the car drives down the street leaving the gas station to explode cut to the car driving after buddy running in the middle of the street he tries to run faster as the flame world car catches him uh, catches up to him and runs him over. I love leaving this. Leaving his carcass on fire in the middle of the road. Man, it looks fantastic. Looks great. The way he rolls underneath the car yeah, like, looks and awesome. At this point, when the car, you get a front face view of it, it just looks like a skull with glowing eyes to me. Yes. A burning skull at that. It looks awesome. And the fire. Yeah. Wow. Like the way that they shot this fire feels personal. Mm. Like it just feels like all of this was personal. Yeah. Big time. Oh my god. And it is. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, that car, man. Wow. That just looks great. That car honestly doesn't even look like a Christina at that point. It looks like an old man Jenkins. <laughs> Darnell checks his watch and grabs his jacket to head out of the garage. His garage door opens up. Christine rolls inside, covered in ash as it uh, moves to its stall. Darnell hops on the phone to call H- Henry. He asks if, if Arnie got there and if he or and if the order is okay, confirming that he was driving his car, and, and he was. Darnell hangs up the phone. He grabs his shotgun, cautiously approaching the car. He orders whoever is inside the car to come out threatening whoever may be inside moving toward the driver's side door yelling for them to get out of the car trying for the door handle but it is too hot to the touch he grabs a towel getting the door open nobody inside he looks in and behind the he looks in and behind the seat before getting inside the car now why would you do that yeah 
Why are you getting inside the car? I literally said at this moment out loud, yeah, let me just get in this burnt up car that's still hot. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Now, the only thing I can think of, every person who opens the driver's side door is possessed to go inside the car. Yeah, I was also going to bring that up. Because like the same thing happened to that dude earlier in the movie. Because mm-hmm. even the look on his face, he's like, this is nice. Right. This is a really nice car and exactly. it's burnt to a crisp. Right. Like he he sees like the potential yeah. in the car. The radio starts playing um, Boonie, uh, Boney Maroney um, as he gets comfortable. Then the door slams shut and locks. This is fucking awesome. The, yeah. the song playing Boney Maroney is great because it's just like, what it's about to do this poor man next. <laughs> Moving the seat closer to the steering wheel, crushing Darnell, he gassing gurgles as he gets smashed and pinned between the steering wheel. I loved how not gory this moment was. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yet so much effect like this it's was just extremely effective. effective. Yeah. I think it's more effective that his like guts didn't like pop burst out. out. And, yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. I would. Uh, I, I definitely agree with that for sure. Next day, Arnie pulls on Darnell's garage. Um, the door blocked by cops. He goes. He goes inside the door. Detective Junkins uh, walking up to him. Arnie asks what's going on. Junkins asking him to tell him and where he was last night. Arnie mentions that he was home and uh, what's going on with his car. Junkin ask, Junkins asks if he didn't. If he didn't go out at all, Arnie's sharing, of course he did, because he has Darnell's car with a bunch of parts. He hands Darnell, he hands Junkins the receipt. He wonders why Arnie just showed up now and not last night. Arnie blames it on him being tired and for him to ask his mom. Junkins tells him um, that they found Darnell in the front seat of his car with a shotgun by his side. Arnie um, goes over to his car asking why. Junkins tells him about his car cr- uh, crushing behind Buddy's, uh, behind um, Buddy's last night. Um, or cruising, excuse me, um, car cruising behind Buddy's last night and that he's dead as well, including with his friends telling Arnie that nobody will uh, will be trashing his car anymore. Arnie is nervous, wanting to know off um, offload the, wanting to um, now offload the Cadillac and head back to school. This was interesting because um, how does Junkins know that Buddy and his goons were the ones who fucked up his car? Yeah, that is an interesting point. I think it's led to believe that because... Because Junkins, it was like retaliation type of thing? Yeah, exactly. Junkins was clearly interviewing people before he went up to Arnie and got a grasp of the story. He's a detective, right? He's investigating and he or probably... is he? Yeah. Detective Rudolph <laughs> Junkins? <laughs> he probably put two and two together, right? A couple of things I want to call out too is this is the moment where we can confirm that um, Arnie is consistently wearing red. It yes. invokes that Christine and him are one yes. and the same. Uh, there's a There's a... There's a connection there, uh, and they're ba- uh, they're bonded. So yeah. I really want to call that out. Um, another thing that I was going to call out was when Arnie asks, when he comes up to Christine and he comes up to the scene and he asks why, it felt like he was genuinely asking Christine, why Darnell? Right. Yeah. Why would you do that to him? He right. is the reason why you and I are able to be together. Exactly. Junkin stops him, telling him that he will take care of it. Arnie swears that he doesn't know what's going on. Lee calls for Dennis, his sister's handing him the phone. She asks um, to come over to speak with him about Christine. At his house, Lee tells him that she's afraid of for, she's afraid for Arnie and if he knows anything about the car. He tells her about the previous owner's daughter choking inside. He wonders how he knows that. He shares that the previous owner's brother sold Arnie the car and he just, he just told him. Lee thinks um, she was supposed to be next. He holds her 
her, telling her that Arnie wouldn't do that. She tells him that uh, Arnie is no longer him and that she believes it to be the um, be the car. It's like, well, since you're single now. <laughs> oh, this always happens yeah. in movies back then. And it feels for so sure. forced. He tells her that she, uh, he's going to he's going over to Arnie's for New Year's. She um, doesn't know if that's a good idea, but he goes every year and uh, maybe he will talk to him um, if he gets him alone. She wonders about she wonders about if he doesn't want to and the car won't allow him to. Then they'll destroy it. She uh, leaves from his place, walking in, across the street. A car comes down the road. She moves. Uh, she moves across the street faster, watching the car pull up to Dennis's place. Arnie honks the horn for him to come outside. He jokes about Dennis and his crutches. Dennis about to throw a joke back, but toward Christi- Christine, he stops him, telling her that she's not, she's real sensitive. Dennis sarcastically apologizes to Christine. They are um, uh, smashing down the road, pushing ninety miles per hour while drinking beer. He offers Dennis a beer Arnie giving a toast to death to those shitters in the world of uh, the shitters of the world in 1979 uh, Dennis groans that he can't drink to that and wonders about them um, and their friendship Arnie irritatedly agrees taking the alcohol beverage back Dennis um, becomes more uncomfortable Arnie calling him to look at look as he takes his hand off the wheel Dennis is about to grab the wheel he stops him calling him to um, not be scared he tells Arnie that he's scared for him blaming it on his car Arnie comments about him being jealous but they will always be friends as long as he sticks with him letting him know about what happens to uh, with people that don't Dennis not truly understanding what he means telling Dennis that everyone is considered shitters Whoa. Dennis Dennis takes this opportunity to tell him that Lee is on his side and that she cares about him. He chuckles and laughs, changing the subject back to beer. (laughs) (laughs) Dennis uh, continues crying, asking if he hurt him. Arnie uh, begins ranting about love, eating up everything, but if you feed it right, it can be a beautiful thing. Talking about Christine. Yes, this is fucking awesome. And how maniacal he is Mm -hmm. in this moment. Like, it is great. Like, it reminds me of the scene of Pee-wee's Big Adventure oh, with Large Marge. It's been so long that I don't even remember. It's my favorite movie. Well, not my favorite movie of all time, but it's one of my favorite movies. It's an old one, time. right? Yeah, from yeah. 1989. Yeah, I've seen it like yeah. 10 times. It's fucking fantastic. And it's all blank. It's fun. It's I just fantastic. remember him walking through like an outdoor mall. Yeah, he does do that. Yeah, that's all I remember. You don't remember him singing Texas? No. Oh, man. I kind of blocked Pee Wee out of my mind. All right, all right. <laughs> I feel sad. That hurts, but I feel sad. I mean, he's he's been he's done some he's shit. Done right? some, he's done some definitely questionable things. Yeah, not Pee Wee though. But you're right. You're right, you're right. <laughs> Adding that uh, someone believes believes in you that you can do anything, but you believe in but you believe in that someone back, then you both are unstoppable. This is a great examination. Of his character with Christine. Yeah. Fuck, it's awesome. Dennis asks if he's uh, if he feels that way toward Lee. Arnie laughs that he's talking about Christine, telling him to watch as he pushes past 100 miles per hour and drives on the other side of the road, almost hitting another car, calling him chicken shit when he's playing chicken with this car, moving towards 100 miles per hour. Dennis's... Uh actor John Stockwell does such a great performance here because it invokes that I mean I feel like most people have been probably in a situation where they're like I should not be in the car with this person true and his expressions his like tensing up is so perfectly executed because like 
it he looks rem- like he definitely peed on himself. Yeah, exactly. Like, it reminds me of scared. those moments where I'm like, this person that's driving is crazy. What am I doing here? I just want to get out. Right. Next day, Dennis car- uh, carves... Um, wait. Next day, Dennis carves, quote, Darnell's tonight, end quote, um, on the hood of his car, then walks back uh, to his car to drive away. Later that night, he sneaks inside Darnell's garage, then opens it up for Lee. Was he was Lee the one driving yeah. his car? Okay. He gets in the passenger seat, which is weird. Well, his leg, right? Isn't that why? Well, it's his left leg, unless he can't oh, do it's the his clutch. Left leg. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he has to do stick. Yeah. I would assume. Um, she looks around nervously before heading inside um, toward Dennis. He comments about the atmosphere being spooky now that it is all cleaned out. She looks over to where it, uh, where he used to keep it keep Christine in stall 22 and now it is time to get to work. They're outside t- uh, turning on a bulldozer. They're excited moving into the garage. Um, they move out of sight. He tells her that Christine is coming through the, through the door and instructs her to go inside the office um, and to stay out of sight and to hit the button to close the garage um, once she is inside. Lee wonders if Arnie will show. Dennis knowing that Christine will either way. A different car pulls pulls into the garage but backs out, backs away. She hugs him. He instructs her again to get inside the office and to hit the button once the bulldozer starts up. Lee gets out of the gets out of the heavy machinery, slowly walking and looking for Christine. The light the light of Christine turns on underneath a pile of junk. I love that reveal. That's awesome. Yeah. It That's shows how great, smart Christine is. It does, but it also kind of lets you know that Arnie is also with her. Because Christine's not going to be able to fucking just. It's a very good point. Move things. Um, well, I mean, she might fucking her move her door and like yeah. place things on top of her. I don't know. Uh, Lee runs runs toward the office, but it is bolted shut. She jumps in. Uh, she jumps up, grabbing onto a hanging tire. Christine missing her, but she falls down onto the ground. Dennis turns on the bulldozer. Lee uh, moving toward the garage door. Christine crashes into an. Uh, Christine crashes into a car, backing up and sliding with the car um, with it. Dennis pins Lee by the garage door for protection. Christine creeps closer and then drives at full speed. It connects with the bulldozer, Lee moving out of the way. The car going going on the other side and doing it again. Arnie yelling um, out, quote, you shitters! <laughs> uh, from inside the car. It crashes into the office, revving as it backs up to the back of the garage. Dennis moves while Lee goes to the office. Arnie waits on the other end of the garage, the car repairing itself. The bulldozer shuts it uh, shuts down. He tries to get it starting again. Christine rams the car into the office. Arnie flies out of the windshield. Damn. So he flies out of the he windshield. He flies out of the fucking windshield. Okay. So I missed that because I wasn't sure how... He ended up outside the car? Yeah, and his demise happened. I was like, wait, what? That's how it... Oh, I see it now. We're yeah. watching back. He flies out of the fucking windshield. Thank goodness. Yeah. Because I was severely disappointed and let down because I thought he, I thought it was a cheap scare where he like jumps out to leave. Oh, like, sure. Rah! And yeah. then somehow he got glass in his, in his chest or his stomach. Nope. He falls out. And, and I assume it's because weren't seatbelts weren't invented in the fifties, right? Where was, Oh, cause the car was made in the fifties. Right. I don't know how true that is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know much about cars. I mean, he's a bad boy. He probably doesn't wear a seatbelt. I mean, that might be, that might be it. Yeah. She goes to check on him. He springs up grabbing her. He drops moaning in pain as he, as he pulls out a glass shard from his chest. One last touch to Christine. The car's lights shut off alongside his death. 
Damn. Lee gets out of there telling Dennis um, that Arnie is dead. Excuse me. Christine radio uh, comes on with the lyrics, quote, I'll love you. I'll or I'll forever love you for the rest of my days. End quote. It reverses. Dennis screams for Lee to get out of the way. She does so in time. Dennis rams the car. The car continues going for Lee. Dennis pinning the car down, but it Amazing. continues moving either way. Lee continues standing there, waiting for the car, the lights full, um, finally turning off. She runs over to Dennis, hugging him. Christine rep uh, repairs. He rolls over the car over and over again. The car trying to repair while uh, with each crushing blow. But it can't withstand the pressure. Cut to Junkins, Lee, and Dennis watching Christine's um, new cubed form fall to the ground. Junkins tries to cheer them, cheer them up, calling them heroes. They don't believe that they're heroes because they didn't save Arnie. Junkins telling them that, uh, that some people can't be saved. Music starts playing. Lee nervous, but it's, it's, it's someone just walking with a boombox. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's very funny. She continues about how much she hates rock and roll. The cube car <laughs> starts to morph to repair itself. Then credits. I hate rock and roll. So fucking good. I love this fucking I movie, man. I love this movie. I, I wish I bought it. I love this movie. I did buy it. Yeah? Yeah. I, I mean, well, I own this movie. But yeah, this movie's fucking great. Yeah. It's so much fun. I got some fucking fucking movie facts for us here. Movie facts. According to Bill Phillips on the DVD docu uh, documentary, the movie technically didn't have enough violence to justify an R rating. But they were afraid that if the movie went out with a PG rating because PG-13 didn't exist during oh. this time, nobody would go see it. Yeah. So he purposely ins inserted the word fuck and it... <laughs> and it <laughs> And its derivatives in order to get the R rating. He then recalls that they were criticized at the time for using the um for their use of the word. Damn, sure, good call. I think. Yeah, Stephen King's popularity was such at uh, was such at the time that the. Excuse me. Stephen King's popularity was such at the time that the film went into production before the book was even published. Damn! Wow. Portions of the film, particularly Arnie's neighborhood, I fucking knew it. What? Uh, were oh, shot in the same South Pasadena's neighborhood as John Carpenter's used in Halloween. Oh, never mind. I knew it. I, I had a feeling. I was like, his house looks like Laurie Strode's house to me. Yeah. Or a replica of some it. kind. So I, I, I fucking knew it. Okay. 50% uh, of the budget was just on the cars. Yeah, I would imagine that. By the end of the filming, all but two were destroyed. Damn. Wow. I wonder if that BMW towards the end where it was like a fake out was one of them. Maybe. All right, here you go. You ready? Yeah. To simulate the car regenerating itself, hydraulic pumps were installed on the inside of the of some of the film's numerous Plymouth Fury stunt doubles. Whoa. A mock-up in plastic that looked more like metal on camera than, uh, than actual metal as it bent and deformed. These pumps were attached to cables, which were in, ter in turn attached to the car's bodywork, and when they compress, they would suck the, pa the um, paneling inwards. Footage of the inward crumbling body at, um, was then reversed, given the appearance of the car spontaneously retaking form. That is so there fantastic. Go. There you wow. go. Bravo. Yeah. One of the Plymouth uh, Plymouth Furies from the movie was sold for only $167,000 in 2004. Damn. I wonder how much that car is worth now. That would be an amazing car to have. Yeah. God damn. All right, let's see. Let's get a let's get a kind of decent one here. Uh I got the one I wanted. 
Yeah, there you go. I was waiting for that. Um, let's see. Arnie's nemesis, um, Detective Rudolph Junkins, also drives a Plymouth Fury. Most notice noticeably, when he questions Arnie in the uh, school parking lot, Junkins' car appears to be a 1977 or 78 Plymouth Fury, a popular police car um, of the late 1970s. Fuck, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that either. That's crazy. I didn't notice that at all. Um, let's see. Let's let's do one more. This is a good one here. Christine is said to be a 1958 Plymouth Fury, which had similar panels and trim to the 1957 model. When the Fury line was introduced, it was essentially a sport and trim package of the Belvedere. Notable um, with two doors, gold um, anodized trims, gold grill, and dual four-barrel carpenters. Christine, as shown in the movie, could have been any two-door Belvedere with a uh, 318 or 350 engine. Although over 5,300 Furies and far more Belvedere's were built in 1958. That's interesting. Damn. Uh, they, ha- they have since become very rare and are now collector items. They were between 13 and 16, depending on the source. Whoa. Belvedere's um, slash Furies smash in the, in the making of the movie. Um out of roughly 25 that were used. But it is unknown whether um, they were 1957 or 58 models or a combination. In any event, the Plymouth enthusiasts were infuriated. (laughs) Although the movie did popularize the car, um, probably saved many of them in the same way um, uh, that Back to the Future did for the DeLorean. In the original Stephen King book, the car had four doors, but this was changed to a two-door model when it it was realized that there was uh, a four-door that there was never a four-door 1958 Plymouth Fury. Although all the 58 Plymouth Furies had buckskin beige exterior paint and gold anodized aluminum side trim and grill, uh, the book mentions that this particular car was custom. Interesting. It's really cool to hear. That is really cool to hear. Yeah. Let's see. Um, let's get it. Let's end with this one right here. Horror fans have speculated the unnamed assembly line supervi- uh, supervisor who discovered uh, Christine's second victim and the first fatality was Will Dar- uh, Darnell. This is based on the actor appearing about 20 years younger than actor Robert Pro- um, Prosky, his, semi- uh, his semi-retired automotive background, and Will saying he once knew the owner of a Fury upon seeing Christine. That's fucking cool. That is really cool. Damn. What a fucking movie, man. This movie is so much fun. Yeah. This I would watch it so again right fun. now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. But we definitely want to keep this conversation going and definitely want to keep it going over on Twitter. Hit us up at nightlight underscore pod. That's night with a K. Because we definitely want to keep talking about Christine. Hell I could talk yeah. about Christine all day. Hell yeah. This is so Same. much fucking fun. So much fucking fun. But definitely let us know what you think about Christine. The uh, movie that we are going to be covering next week has been... One that's been requested quite a bit as well. <laughs> we are going to be uh, covering Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, Whoa. which I'm very excited to cover. Um, I haven't seen The Shining in a few years, so should be fun to cover. You're not going to be on that episode. No, I'm not. Which I'm super bummed. I thought I was going to be there yes. and miss this one. Right. But other way around. Right. I'm, I think I'm still going to watch it. You should. Yeah. You should um, watch it um, because. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> we have Dr. Sleep. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yes, this was, was so much fucking fun. I don't fucking love it. But this was Nightlight, or movie podcast. I was one of your host, Prince, also known as Head Nights. Alongside me, we had David. Say spooky, everyone. Vroom, vroom. Also known <laughs> as Nightly. 
Our efforts to get the shot is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over on patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's not what they would. By pleasure on Patreon, you have access to the show ad-free and it's early as Monday with the post show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. The episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlife.